Chili makes both the Chili Pad and Uller, two really cool products, pun intended, that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed. Since water is more thermally efficient than air, Chili sleep systems help lower your internal temperature to trigger deep, relaxing sleep. The Uller is controlled through an app on your phone with smart scheduling, a warm awake feature, and a UV light to auto-clean, while the Chili Pad is simply controlled using a remote. When you start using Chili Sleep Systems, you'll notice you fall asleep faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. Whether you like to sleep a little warmer or cooler, you can customize the temperature for you and your side of the bed. Chili products offer a temperature range between 55 and 115 degrees Fahrenheit to suit every sleeper. And right now, Chili is offering my audience a great deal. When you go to chilitechnology.com slash news, you can get 20% off any sleep system with the code NEWS. That's C-H-I-L-I technology.com slash news with code NEWS for 20% off any sleep system. Hello, Vela News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Vela News, coming at you with another Vela News tech podcast. Today, I want to talk about your undercarriage. Who doesn't? I, I That's like one of my favorite topics, even around my house. Uh, it, more specifically, I suppose I should clarify what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of testing of bibs, and I've been doing a lot of bib testing lately. Uh, and it occurred to me that most of my favorite shorts had a chamois from the same company. Uh, so I wanted to get in touch with that company, uh, to talk about what makes a good chamois, uh, and what you as a consumer should look for when you're shopping for your bib shorts. Um, cause you know, you can't always try them on, uh, that would be a little gross. So we, we, we need to kind of go off of some basic information about what makes a good set of bibs and a good pair, a good chamois that goes in that bib. So joining me today is Irena Lucarelli from Elastic Interface. Irena, how are you? Hi, hello, everyone. Fine, thanks. Arena is in Italy. She's in the, the Veneto region right now in her mother's kitchen, <laughs> which is so <laughs> yeah. charming. I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my creepy basement. Also joining us today is Tim Jackson from Powerword Communications here for, for translation duties if necessary. Tim, how are you, how you doing over there? I'm doing good, like you and Irena. At yeah. this point, I've had coffee, so you know, I'm functional. <laughs> That's the important <laughs> part. We're all yeah. we're all awake. <laughs> Tim's going to be lurking in the corners uh, of the the podcast today, and uh, and we'll chime in uh, if some translations are necessary or some clarifications. Um, but Arena, you're the you're the expert here, and we'd we'd love to get your perspective uh, on what makes a good chamois. So let's let's start really basic. Um, what what makes a good chamois? Well, a good chamois is the one you can ride with for long hours, and you forget about it. So it works so well that you forget it's even there, mm-hmm. whilst a bad one will turn into your worst enemy. So <laughs> I think you guys know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Shaping, instability, soreness, mm-hmm. infections as well. Yeah, and, and, and in, in that vein, so, you know, you want something that's comfortable, but also bulk has a lot to do with it too. You don't want it to be too bulky or diaper-like. Um, because that can actually lead to problems. So it seems Absolutely. like... Absolutely. And that's kind of that, that misnomer. Sorry. No, Tim. that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> it, is, Wait, this is, is an arena. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. Bulk, bulk is a big part of it. You know, yeah. the, the materials used to make the chamois are, are really important. And it it's kind of counterintuitive that, you know, people think that the thicker the pad, the better the pad. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you're on a longer ride, especially, that added bulk 
just moves around places where you don't want it. Mm-hmm. it that that lends to more chafing. So you know, a lack of seams is a big one. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and just the, the 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 fabrics as well as the foams that are used, all of those combined really mm-hmm. are what makes a a good chamois better mm-hmm. and can make a decent chamois bad. Yeah. You know, if yeah. if one component and all of that isn't quite right yeah it makes a huge difference yeah and i you know and to to double up on that you know i i get a gazillion bib shorts every day uh, you know just it's, it's like they multiply in my garage like bunnies um and you know the first thing i do when i get a pair of bibs is i squeeze the chamois to see how thick it is and and it's pretty quick and easy to see if a chamois too thin or too thick um, and both mm-hmm. of those both of those things can be problematic and we're going to get into that in a moment um talk first before yeah, we get into that on... sorry go ahead sorry that's okay <laughs> it also depends on where you squeeze the chamois absolutely because if you do road cycling you should squeeze in the perennial area yeah. so more forward mm-hmm. if you do mountain bike you yeah. should squeeze a little bit backwards yeah so, yeah and that's yeah. largely about where you sit on the saddle and in, in both of those correct uh, those instances yeah. so let's let's talk a little bit about what uh goes into developing that chamois um and what what are the different components of a chamois it's not just foam and and a cover um what are the components that make up a a good chamois well basically yes it's made from fabric and paddings Mm -hmm. so fabric is on the top and stays in contact with your skin while foams are underneath um it depends on what what protection you are looking for Mm -hmm. and paddings come in different densities and thicknesses, Mm -hmm. as we were saying, and depending on the density and the thickness, it changes protection. Mm -hmm. While for fabric, um, as company policy, we choose fabrics that have um, mostly polyamide in their composition Mm -hmm. and elastan. While we also have some polyester um, in some fabrics and a carbon thread as well. Mm -hmm. It depends on what we're looking for, if you are looking for softness, mostly, or if you are looking for quick drying, also the carbonium thread provides natural antistatic and bacteriostatic properties. So mm-hmm. that's good for your health. Can you can you tell me what uh, the benefit of the carbon thread is? Yeah, we we talk about bacteriostatic properties, which is different from uh, um, antibacterial, for example. Mm-hmm. So antibacterial means that um, it kills all bacteria, so the bad ones and the good ones. Mm-hmm. While our our fabrics are bacteriostatic and they keep your good bacteria, while they inhibit the, the proliferating of bad of bad ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's the main difference. Okay. Uh, and we don't want to kill all bacteria, of yeah. course. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and so a lot of the materials you choose, aside from just the carbon fiber or the carbon uh, threads, is all uh, to help distinguish between those two types of bacteria, the good ones and the bad ones? Yeah, well, all, uh, all our fabrics have bacteriostatic properties. Okay. The carbonium has natu- natural antistatic and bacteriostatic. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, yeah. So now when you, when you talk about different densities of chamois, uh, padding, I assume that there's, there's an assessment that goes on, uh, like where, where each density goes in the chamois. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, how the different densities get placed in the chamois and how you determine where they go? 
Okay. So we had uh, we did these studies with the University of Padua uh-huh. at the beginning of our story, which is like 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this um, is their 20th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we studied the peak pressure points mm-hmm. with a pressure mapping. So we saw that um, for the road cycling, for example, mm-hmm. we have peak pressure points in the perennial area. So um, in the front of the, of the of the padding, and in the MTB we have more pressure in the sciatic area, so mm-hmm. backwards. Yeah, yeah. For the triathlon, is even different, and the position is even more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. So you have pressure points even more in the front. Mm-hmm. So when we studied these positions, then we um, we studied the protection as well. So more density in the in the sciatic area for the mountain bike, mm-hmm. more density in the perennial area for the road cycling. Mm-hmm. Would it uh, would it make sense uh, to have? I mean, so so say I'm a, a road cyclist. But I, I tend to sit back more on my saddle. Would it make sense to choose a more mountain bike oriented chamois, or should I stick with a road sh- chamois anyway? You should stay with a road cycle, with a road chamois. Yeah. Yeah. We do have um, chamois that are more, um, let's say, specifically uh, developed for road. Uh-huh. So they have a specific protection in the perennial area, while other are more like road oriented. Mm-hmm. So they have a more generous protection also backwards. Yeah. So that's perfect for road cyclists like sure. you. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to clarify that for all you guys listening, you know, despite the fact that um, you may sit further back on your road bike or maybe sit up more upright, the geometry of those two types of bikes, mountain bikes to, to road bikes, are completely different. Um, and so no matter how far back you're sitting on a road bike, you're probably still not sitting as far back you're as you're still forward. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just be aware that, you know, the, the bikes themselves in this sense will really dictate your comfort level with a chamois. So just stick with the road bike. Um, and, and that goes with gravel too, because gravel is a similar geometry to road though. We are seeing more gravel specific components and clothing and things like that. Um, you should still err toward road in that sense, just because of the way you sit on that bike. Uh, that's just a general clarification for those of you who are like, well, I'm, you know, sitting far upright and maybe I should go for a mountain bike chamois. That doesn't necessarily mean that you will be more comfortable, uh, in a mountain bike chamois. Um, yeah. And, and typically speaking, just to add to that yeah. clarification that, that you were making, Dan, uh-huh. is that one of the, the development features of a lot of MTB specific pads yeah. is that generally speaking, and again, it's, you know, those general broad sweeps. MTB rides tend to be shorter yep. and people tend to be off the saddle a lot mm-hmm. because you're maneuvering around so much more. Right. So your, your time on the chamois, mm-hmm. broadly speaking, yep. is, is shorter. Totally. So you, you want in that something that's a little bit lighter with quicker rebound in that padding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and something that's also more airy because a lot of MTB is you know, a, a a pair of bib shorts that are worn underneath a shell. Right. So you need something that has even more increased airflow because otherwise yeah. that thing's going to get soggy in a hurry. Right. Right. So, you know, that's, that's part of that development process yeah. that goes into making a pad that specifically addresses that versus a road one. Yeah. A lot, I mean, a lot of MTB is me sitting on the side of the trail drinking a beer. So yeah. <laughs> a nice, uh, nice sitting chamois. Or for me fixing things that I broke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so again, I, just to finally to wrap up the construction part of this, um, when, when we say the foam, 
uh, and the different densities. Does that mean there's multiple pieces of foam in the chamois or is it one piece of foam that's cut differently? Um, how many, like for, for example, how many pieces of foam go into a chamois? Okay. It depends on the chamois. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have, yeah, we have, um, chamois that are more, that are simpler and that are only made of one single piece of padding. Uh-huh. And then we can have, I don't know, chamois that goes up to six different densities. So they have like six different pieces of density, of, gotcha. uh, of forms. Yeah. Okay. It depends on, on the product. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. If you look at their, for example, their, their hybrid cell technology that they use, that has a couple different pieces of mm-hmm. foam that are bonded together yeah, yeah. in different areas. So again, so that like with the, the perennial area, it'll have that, that denser foam with a slower rebound mm-hmm. versus the, the stuff that has a quicker rebound and is very light in the areas where you don't need as much padding. Sure, sure. So, you know, they'll, they'll bond multiple pieces into that, that single shape that you think of as a chamois. Yeah, yeah. And then that's all covered with, with um, essentially a top sheet. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's the what, where you talked about the bacteriostatic fabric and all that, and this polyamide and um, yeah. elastane. elastane. Yeah. So there's some give there and for stretching and moving and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then, I guess here's the big question for me. So, like I said, I've been testing a ton of bibs lately, and part of the reason that I, I wanted to get in touch with you, Arena, is because. I kept testing these bibs and writing these reviews. And every time I would write this review, Tim would, would email me and say, ha, that's another elastic <laughs> hey. interface bit, uh, chamois. Um, because PR I would, Winker doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the PR guy lands <laughs> Thanks, a good one. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, every time I would, I would write this review, I'd say, oh, the chamois great in this. And Tim would say, ahem, ahem, uh, that's elastic interface. <laughs> you uh, should, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about what makes elastic interface different from any other chamois out there because clearly there is a difference and clearly it's one that I like. Um, so what, it, what is it exactly that I'm responding to that's so good about Elastic Interface? Well, first of all, you should recognize our products and you can just look for our logo into the chamois. Uh-huh. Okay, so next time you know that you're testing <laughs> an Elastic Interface. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer to be ignorant if I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. Uh, answering to your question, I would say that quality first, uh-huh. like quality in everything we do, in the materials we choose, in the product development and designing, in the production, in the attention to the environment and people as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, our fabrics are exclusive for us. Mm-hmm. Paddings are high quality paddings and they allow us to reduce production waste. Mm-hmm. Production, product design and development. So we pay attention to your to your needs as uh-huh. a cyclist. Uh-huh. So we study them. Um, we develop this central channel for for men, for example, so that allows you to improve blood flow as well. Uh-huh. Um, so they respect the anatomy of uh, of mm-hmm. the cyclist. Also, quality means technology. So we use innovative technologies and system to improve breathability, we uh, turn them anatomic, mm-hmm. so to have them anatomic. And last but not least, the attention to the environment, which is part of our mission from 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So just to one follow of the things I would add, Dan. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Is is that as as we alluded to a little little while ago previously, is that this is their this is Elastic Interface's twentieth anniversary this year. Yeah. And as Irena mentioned, is that from the very beginning yeah. that was it developed in a relationship with the University of Padua uh-huh. and the amount of research yeah. that they've done with them to do their anthropomorphic mapping so that they know where the zones are for mm-hmm. pressure and all of that, as well as for men and for women. Yeah. But that's a big part of what they do. And as the name implies, Elastic. Yeah. Elastic Interface was the, the first brand to have four-way stretch and a chamois. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that one of the best things they can do for a chamois. Yep. We lost you for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. Oop, yeah. I just yeah. dropped off for a second. <laughs> That's all right. But I was saying that that elastic quality and a, making it possible for the pad to to move better with you the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we put like protection for the cyclist yeah. our, as our mission. So this, of course, um, leads us to choose quality and, mm-hmm. and everything else. Do you do you source your materials? Locally, uh, do you get the materials from from Italy? Yeah, we are, we do all made in Italy. So materials, the designing, the production is all made in Italy, and uh-huh. the production is like in the Veneto region. Okay, and I guess I have a, one quick question for either of you before we take a quick break. Here is um, the pressure mapping process. Uh, you've talked a lot about that. Um, how is that actually done? Is it done on a model? Is it done on a dummy? Do you have technology that does it for you? How does that work? When we studied the, the positions in Saddle, we used uh, some, some systems from the University of Padua, so like with a pr- proper pressure mapping. So that was the cyclist that was riding the bicycle. Okay. Uh-huh. And then uh, we use a dummy. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, uh, and, um, Is Tim the dummy? Problem. frequently referred to yes (laughs) i said i had other names for you (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and then we keep the anthropometric parameters as as reference for the design Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and some of the the early stuff was done with with literal pressure sensors on saddles, yeah. on chamois, and the same with the the palm technology for the gloves that they've developed. Mm-hmm. Same stuff where using yeah. real digital pressure sensors uh-huh. to really understand exactly what's going on when you're either sitting or holding onto the handlebar. Sure, I mean, it, sure. it really the 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 guys in Padua t- listening to the the researchers uh, last year hey, when I was there for, for Eurobike. I mean, the amount of legitimate science that goes into this stuff is, is pretty outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of time in the saddle. Sure. sure. Just a lot of time in the saddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, um, and this is just to, to get Arena nice and and nervous for right after the break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the, the biggest problems with chamois and bibs is how do you get one inside the other? Um, you know, preferably the chamois inside the bib, that'd be weird the other way around. Um, and so, you know, securing the, securing the chamois and the bibs, uh, I think has a, has a big impact on, on the effectiveness of those bibs. So right after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but first let's, uh, let's take a quick breather. I'm going to refill my coffee cup and we will come back to you in just a moment. 
Chili makes both the Chili Pad and Uller, two really cool products that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed. Since water is more thermally efficient than air, Chili Sleep Systems help lower your internal temperature to trigger deep, relaxing sleep. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to ChiliTechnology.com news, you can get 20% off any sleep system with code NEWS. That's C-H-I-L-I technology.com slash news with code NEWS for 20% off any sleep system. All right, we are back with Arena Lucarelli from Elastic Interface and Tim Jackson from Powered Communications. Uh, Arena, I, I want to talk about getting this, this miracle of padding technology inside the bib shorts. Um, there's been a lot of ways that people or brands, I should say, not people, uh, I guess there's people at brands. I've, I've seen, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that's uh, of securing the the chamois inside the bib. So my first question is, does it matter, uh, how you secure the chamois inside the bib? I mean, is it just sew that sucker in there and hope for the best? Well, you don't want to staple them. That one, I tried. That's a, that's another podcast, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the traditional way is the stitching, of course. Some mm-hmm. brands study exclusive uh, systems of partial stitching of the shen. Yeah. But that is something that only works in their apparel. Okay. So uh, I would say, yeah, stitching, but also the importance of positioning well the shen mm-hmm. and the compression the Lycra can offer improve stability of the chamois so mm-hmm. if you have like a, a high-hand chamois and then you have a poor quality of the lycra then of course your your chamois will float around <laughs> okay yeah. mm-hmm. and then the positioning of course um, you can have the best chamois but then if it's like position too in the front or too backwards like mm-hmm. you can say you can see some cyclists riding and then you can see all the paddings behind in the back yeah, when yeah. they're riding that's yeah. positioned too uh, far really, back yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and or they're putting they the nibs would... on the wrong way even yeah. <laughs> if you, if you, well, and that's that's a legitimate yeah. comment is, is yeah. that you can if yeah. you when putting on the the bibs if you if you position the chamois on the wrong spot you're not getting the benefit yeah, of yeah. it tim you, know, you got and, stories man i, I feel yeah. like this is a lot of this is from experience here huh? <laughs> well i've had plenty of clothing background in, in my career yeah. so it's, it's been something i've spent some time i, I was jokingly referred to the previous company that i worked for as the seam tester yeah so <laughs> they it, i I've, I've got some experience there yeah yeah but no to, to reina's point and one of the things that that uh that elastic interface does for their their partner brands is that they do help it when yeah. asked mm-hmm. to to give them proper mapping of where that pad will do its job best. So uh, brands can send them a blank of the bib mm-hmm. and then they can work with them to identify where the best placement of that pad is going to be based sure. on which pad they choose that they want to use right, for right. You know, whatever purpose it, that that bib is going to be used for. Okay. So the positioning really does make a big part of it. Yeah. Big, big part of it. Well, thanks for ruining my next question, Tim, which was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. How, do you, how do you work with, so elastic interfaces in a lot of different, different bibs. And that was my question was, you know, do you work with the specific manufacturer of the bibs to, to get the right position for and after side to side? Um, and it sounds like that's something you do by simply by taking yeah. the actual physical bib 
yeah. Uh, yeah. And, we do uh, have like a YouTube video as well with okay. the sewing instructions as well. Mm-hmm. But um, of course, it's a service we offer, and we are more than happy to to offer it. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, if it's positioned badly, then it will turn into your worst enemy again. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. even with a really good pad. Sure. And yeah. Another point that, that I, just to, to expand on just ever so slightly when, when Irena was talking about the material of the bib itself. Yeah. And yeah. that's why you'll notice that on the vast majority of bibs these days, people are, are getting that design right more yeah. often than not. Yeah. And you'll see the, the much heavier compression lycra is used for the inner thigh and around the crotch because mm-hmm. that is to keep that pad in proper position. Sure. Because if you're using a, a super lightweight, like a, a four ounce or six ounce lycra, yeah. and everything else is an eight ounce and yeah. it's pulling it away, then that pad is not going to be where it's going to sure. where it's going to do any good. It's, it's yeah. as she was saying, it's going to be floating and, yeah. and not floating yeah. in a good way. Right. Irena, I actually have a question for you about that because um, one of the the I mean I don't even know if this is an elastic interface. I like to stay ignorant, like I said. Uh, <laughs> but you know, one of my favorite pairs of shorts is is an Asos pair of shorts, and one of the things they do is they their stitching actually stops uh, at a certain point so that the pad essentially floats. I honestly I don't know if that makes a difference. Uh, I can tell you that the shorts are quite comfortable. Does that actually make a difference, um, or is it? I mean, does it matter if how that that area of the chamois is secured, or is there a benefit to actually not stitching all the way through the chamois? As I was saying, it's I was referring to their to their system when okay. I was talking about the partial stitching. Yeah. Okay. And it's their concept, and they develop the the concept together with the big short. So okay. the chamois and the big short together. So. Uh-huh. This is for them. For them, it's yeah, it's a good way of like improving stability and also um, giving freedom of, of movement to the mm-hmm. cyclist. Yeah. So it it certainly could work, is what you're saying, but that's not your that's not yeah. your jam, as it were. <laughs> yeah, with their apparel. Yeah, with their apparel. Yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, and that part of what and I have. A, a similar pair of those bibs, Dan, yeah, and yeah. with the construction of the bib itself as well mm-hmm. as the short, mm-hmm. the way it allows everything, their, their whole philosophy with that particular design is all about float. So that yeah. pad does have the ability to float within the shell yeah. so that if the shell is doing one thing, it's not distorting where the pad is right, in, right. in terms of it being connected to you. Mm-hmm. But that's also with the way their upper works, the, the mm-hmm. whole thing. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a complete concept of theirs. And you know, to their credit, they're, they're often on the front end of development and other brands may or may not follow sure. what they do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that brings up a good point. And for somebody who's looking to go out and buy a, a, a pair of bibs, um, you know, obviously the chamois matters, but you know, you, you can't try on every bib before you jump on a bike. So, you know, some of the things you can look for obviously is the positioning, like as Arena said, and you know, frankly, you can look inside and see if it's an elastic interface bib or chamois. Yeah. And that's, that's a good place <laughs> yeah. to start. Yeah. Um, or look for that little orange flag tag on the back. Yeah. Of the yeah. If they're but also, but also I think, yeah. you know, even, even beyond that, one of the things you can do is look at the construction of the bibs themselves beyond the chamois and because, uh, you know, a chamois is only as good as the, the bibs that are holding it up. Right. And so, and I've had plenty yeah. of bibs where there wasn't enough support in the back, the bib straps didn't, didn't, uh, didn't do their job properly or, you know, the construction just didn't, didn't hold up the bibs where they needed to be. 
Um, and I think that's one place you can look is, is the construction of the upper to see if, if the upper is going to hold that chamois where you need it to hold it. Um, so that's, that's another bit of the puzzle. Um, you know, you definitely, you can put, you can put really nice new tires on a Honda Civic, but it's still a Honda Civic, you know? Um, so you, you gotta, you gotta really pay attention to the whole package. Um, we, we talked about this already, but, um, and, and we, you sort of answered the question that a thick pad doesn't necessarily mean more comfortable. Um, can you go into a little bit of, of why that is? And Tim touched on it a little bit with the different densities and the rebound. Um, rebound is something I never really considered before about a chamois pad. Can you talk a little bit about the densities uh, more specifically about, uh, you know, I've had thick pads that felt plenty comfortable and then I've had thick pads that just felt terrible. Why is that? Yeah, this depends on the density. I mean, we can have a low density and a thick padding. So this will provide like, lower protection uh -huh. and then we can also have like really high density inserts and paddings in a very thin shape okay that's our hybrid cell system insert and it's the blue one you see in our shape. yes yes and that provides protection that's comparable to the gel okay mm -hmm. but it's extremely more light and beatable mm -hmm. so you have a very thin insert and a really high protection. Okay. And this is like studied for ultra cycling, ultra cycling, and extreme disciplines. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you so, may remember Dan that years ago there was a big push for gel inserts. Yeah. In in bibs, and that the, the you know the the idea of gel, you squeeze it, you know, it, it, so it passes that squeeze test. Like, oh, that right. feels like it's going to be really good. <laughs> Right. But the problem is it doesn't have any breathability to it. Right. And so yeah. you talk about getting clammy yeah. and, and having a clammy chamois, that is a bad combo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a reason why most people have gone away from the, the gel type of insert because the breathability just isn't there. Yeah. And if yeah. you do the type that has multiple perforations, the, per, the perforated gel does breathe better simply because of the holes, yeah. but they tend to wear out and break yeah. down really yeah. quickly too because it's just sure. more yeah. of that more areas where it can come apart. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the breathability of that hybrid cell technology is, is one of the, the best things about it is that it allows it to breathe and it keeps, you know, you drying off as you ride. So you don't yeah. get clamminess, but also with those varying densities, you do have the ability to, to put the good stuff where you need it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a key point right there is, is putting the good stuff where you need it. I mean, I have, yeah. I do have chamois that's super thin and, and, you know, just, looking at it out of the box, I'm like, oh, this is not going to work at all. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, the, but the padding is where it needs to be and mm -hmm. it's, it's slimmed down where it doesn't need to be. And I think that's an important consideration. A thin chamois does not necessarily mean an uncomfortable chamois uh, or, or non-supportive. Uh, it just means that it's been slimmed down and, and the support is where it needs to be. Well, hopefully in a good execution yeah. anyway, yeah. uh, it's yeah. the, the padding is where it needs to be and everything else has been slimmed down where it doesn't need to be. Uh, and I think that's an important distinction. Um, I want to rewind uh, this, just, this just kind of like blasted me in the head that I forgot to ask you about this earlier. Cause you mentioned it earlier, which is, um, the environmental considerations that go into your production. Yeah. Uh, you said you, there's processes to cut down on waste. Um, what else, what can you explain what goes into the, uh, environmental impact part of your production? Um, and, and what, what kind of environmentally friendly processes you have in place? 
Well, we adopted the 3R program, program which is the Reduce, Reuse and Recycle program. Uh -huh. So we are acting more on the first R, which is the Reduce one. Mm -hmm. So, for example, our fabrics are pre-consumer recycled. That means that we don't use the um, used clothes, but mm -hmm. we take the production waste of our fabric uh, manufacturer mm -hmm. and we reuse and we turn it into new, new virgin fabric. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we start from the reduction. Uh -huh. And then for the paddings as well, we don't um, scale our paddings. So we don't start from big lots of foams and then we scale uh, our paddings, but we uh -huh. cut them. So uh -huh. uh, we use a positioning plan and we use the cutting process. So that allows us to reduce production waste by 30%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing yeah. I had mentioned earlier that I think is interesting is that you do source a lot of your materials and such from Italy, which probably yeah. cuts down on shipping and, and you yeah. know, the amount of transportation yeah. you have to use. Pollution. Yeah. 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 yeah they're I able will... to, to do that production largely in that region of Italy. So it's, yeah. it cuts down even further. I mean, they're not going all over the country to get pieces. It's done right, right there for the most right part. In Veneto. Yeah. Um, so finally, before we wrap up, Arena, um, what, what have I missed? What are some of the details about chamois that people overlook or just don't know about? I mean, it seems like such a simple thing. You throw a pad and a pair of shorts and you sit on it. <laughs> it yeah. I mean, what, what are some of the details about it that people just often overlook? Well, um, just like you said, uh, sometimes we don't pay attention to the chamois, but it's the heart of, the, of your big shorts. Yeah. And most of the times we hardly find information about it, even in clothing brands. So an advice is to look for those brands that give space to chamois in their product pages or descriptions of, the, of their apparel. This uh -huh. means that they understand how crucial the chamois is in the, in the apparel. Yeah. And then when a, chem, when a cycling apparel brand chooses our quality products, then we provide also marketing assets that help to enhance their chamois so you mm -hmm. can, you can um, verify the quality of the product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, an important thing also is the washing. So remember to wash your apparel at low temperatures, don't use softeners and wash it right after your ride. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, just like we were saying, um, we think that it's the chamois that doesn't work, but now we know that there are many other factors and things that work for your ride. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As a as an absolutely practical matter, can I put my chamois in the dryer, <laughs> or do I have to air dry it? Yeah, but not too many times. <laughs> <laughs> no dryer, Dan. No dryer. Yeah. All right. That's much to my wife's chagrin as I'm always hanging chamois everywhere to dry it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I, it's the same here. Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. always yeah. chamois drying somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But everything everything is a closet. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. is a closet and, if it has a hook. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's yeah. the thing is, Raina makes a very good point about that. And this is whether it's a, an elastic interface pad or not, is that the, the better you take care of your pad, the better yeah. it will yeah. take care of you. Sure. And using harsh yeah. detergents, using softeners, things that, that break down the, the antibacterial, antistatic, uh, bacteriostatic features of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by mm -hmm. doing that. And even if you have excessive amounts of chamois cream that are left on the pad after a ride, you know, again, take 
a little extra time to, to hand wash that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get some of that off before, you know, washing and or, or, or making the decision to use a harsher detergent to try yeah. and rinse that off or, or washing at high temps, wash yeah. at low temp too, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the thing. I, I remember the, the old days of actual leather chamois and hand washing and hanging them sure. up with wool shorts, even I'm yeah. that damn old. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, but we did that back in the day. And I hate to even use that phrase mm-hmm. because you know, it, it improved the life of, of that real leather chamois, but it, mm-hmm. it, that improved our ride afterwards too, yeah, you know, sure, sure. and, and even though modern pads are way easier to deal with than mm-hmm. the original leather chamois, it, you, if, if you take care of it and it's, and it really is a minimal thing to do, mm-hmm. you'll get so much more ride enjoyment out of it yeah. as well as protecting the lycra around it and, mm-hmm. and get, getting more life out of the bib itself and not yeah. just the chamois. Yeah. Well, you've inspired yeah. me to, to pull all those dirty bibs out of the backseat of my truck and, and wash them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a joke, guys. I don't really keep my dirty chamois in my truck. Okay. It's, it's happened before. Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, Irena, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to, uh, to, to chat with me today from all the way from Italy. And Tim, uh, thank you also for joining me and letting me poke fun at you because it's, it's way too easy to do that. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And for those of you listening, if you have questions about this podcast or any of the other podcasts in the Velo News atmosphere, please do feel free feel free to reach out to me uh, dcavalleri at velonews.com you can also reach me on the Instagrams and the Twitters uh, at brown tie Dan and yes I know that's a silly name thank you for reminding me, all of you it's been nice to have your messages <laughs> about that uh, and Arena thanks again for joining me thank you thank and you. Tim Tim thank you as well absolutely it was a pleasure and I'll uh, I'll catch all you guys on the next episode of the Velo News Tech Podcast thanks and uh, we'll see you later <laughs>